the Indie Pod Podcast. We've been off for a couple of weeks here because things just haven't worked out with our guests. But we are finally back, and I am super excited to have our guests come on today to talk about podcast formatting. It's gonna be it's gonna be a good time. Uh, he's a he's a good friend of mine, and uh, we, he he's got he's gotten some very uh success a big success out of his podcast and uh especially with the the big time media outlets there so i'm excited to have him come and talk about podcast formatting and interview prep and like we'll just see where the whole thing kind of goes uh I'm, I'm really i'm really excited to talk about all of this uh eric hunley was supposed to be my guest tonight uh sadly he had to bail the last minute uh, but my guest here tonight was gracious enough to jump in and take his spot as uh, people of our of our group uh, would always do for one another. Uh, but before we jump into talking about podcast formatting, we I got I got to give some love, some shout outs to uh, our sponsors, uh, faithcasters.net. If you're a Christian podcaster or a podcaster, who has an audience in the Christian niche, there is a new podcasting platform that is the first, that's right, the first podcast hosting and marketing platform designed exclusively by Christian podcasters for Christian, Christian podcasters called faithcasters.net. Uh, faithcasters.net can use your current podcast hosting solution or if you need hosting, they got you covered with state-of-the-art hosting options. Use faithcasters.net to market your podcast to Christians all over the world. Go to IndiePodCon.com slash faith and check it out today. That's IndiePodCon.com slash faith. Uh, another sponsor is IndiePodUniversity.com, which if you haven't heard, uh, I launched my uh, university based around all of the 100 plus hours of MapCon and Icon talks. So you have access to all of that. Uh, so if you're looking for taught like education on just general podcasting education, social media marketing, the audience growth, monetization ideas, inspirational talks to keep you from pod fading, shout out to Tim and Kyle. I just had an amazing talk with them last night. They have several videos in the IndiePod University uh, and there's just so much more. You have to go check it out, IndiePodUniversity.com. Uh, the video content is growing month over month. We're doing uh, one to two, possibly even three uh, icon virtual events each month. And we are adding those a week after uh, those events go live. So it's it's definitely uh, something that if you, you want to get be able to have access to those videos, you got to go to IndiePodUniversity.com. And on top of all that, you're going to get access to a private Facebook group, not, the, not just the one you're probably watching this in, the IndiePodcasters group, uh, but a private IndiePod University to get all of your podcasting-related questions answered and access to a live monthly call to talk podcasting and get you know more insight from there. Go to Indie poduniversity.com and register today it's 9.99 a month or 99 dollars a year uh, also if you want to sponsor the indie pod podcast for as little as 25 dollars a month or i'm sorry 25 dollars per episode uh you can reach hundreds of passionate independent podcasters shoot me an email joe at indiepodcon.com uh for details on how you can sponsor this very show now at this time i got the absolute pleasure of bringing on our guest this week it's 
Andy Wong. Woo, what's up, Andy? How you doing? All right. I'm great, Super Joe Pardo. I'm still impressed looking at your image. Oh, with your camera set up, it looks thank, awesome. Thank you. I need a haircut. I was supposed to get a haircut earlier today, but uh, that didn't that didn't happen. Um, the Come over to my house. Bucks. My wife cut my hair twice already. Twice. <laughs> I've only had one haircut since since quarantine. <laughs> one haircut since the beginning of March. So, which is which is impressive for me because uh, usually I would have like these giant like bulges coming out the side of my head, looking like a mad scientist and. It's it's generally not great, but uh, but you know here we are. I'm gonna get a haircut before this weekend because if you don't know, May 30th is our next virtual conference. Podcasting to video, it's totally free. Just go to indiepodcon.com/virtual. Thanks for serving that up for me, Andy. I don't know how you do it. That's why I you're super Joe. <laughs> oh man, well Andy, uh, for anyone who doesn't know the, all the awesome things that you have going on, give them give them a quick rundown on what's what you got going on, man. Oh my gosh, well, what don't I do right now? Uh, I'm a financial advisor by day. You can see my Running Meat Capital Management sign behind me. It's a family business. We're fee only financial advisors. I've got Inspired Money back here. Um, I don't know. There's just never a boring moment. I do buy local NJ to support local businesses in New Jersey. So podcast, do some video. I don't know. I, now that it's like quarantine, I'm in my basement and it's like I'm a mad scientist down here. Who knows what could happen? <laughs> no, what? No. Uh, how long have you been a money management specialist? Oh, gosh. Uh, over, gosh, about 25 years almost. Over wow. 20 years. Wow. Yeah. More and more gray hair. <laughs> <laughs> Have you gotten to manage anybody like famous's money? Uh, I guess there are degrees of fame. Um, okay. Yeah. I think we have some clients who are kind of sort of famous. I'm not asking if you're managing Jay-Z's <laughs> money. I'm just asking if you're like... You know, the local weatherman's money or something up in North Jersey. <laughs> I can definitively say I'm not managing Jay-Z's money. But um, yeah, we, we, we manage money for an actor, for a screenwriter, um, all different folks, attorneys, small business owners, all kinds. That's awesome. 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 So we're here to talk about podcasting and specifically podcasting format um, and podcasting uh, like interview prep, which obviously I've done none of here because that's how I roll generally. Uh, how much how much I know I know I know how much you do, but give the people a taste of how much in-depth research you do for your interviews for interviews. It varies, but I tend to fall on the side of the spectrum that, you know, does quite a bit of prep. Uh, if I'm if I'm preparing to interview somebody, I try to find some podcasts that they've been on, hopefully recently, so that I can listen and hear what they're talking about. And then I, you know, I'm basically trying to filter what do I want to include in my show, what do I not want to include in my show. If it's an author, I've kind of been crazy and have tried to read their book most of the time, if I'm mm. able to, which has kind of been insane. I mean, I, I'm not a huge reader, but I've read 
most of the books I've read in the last two years are because of the podcast. And some of them I've read like in a day, which was, I've never done that in my life. You read, you read their book in a day. Was it like 80 pages or something like 50 pages? Some of them were kind of thick, but I just, I skimmed like there were parts of it that I read and then anything that seemed like fluff. I'm just, I'm reading really, really quickly. But um, yeah, I read Jamie Metzl's book, Hacking Darwin, which isn't heavy reading, but it's not super light either. I mean, it's talking about genomics, um, but not from a scientist. uh, So he can actually put it in layman's terms and puts it into language that the average person could understand, which was very helpful. But yeah, I think I read his book in in about 24 hours, which was nuts. So. Yeah, I try to read the book. I try to listen to some podcasts. I try to read a little bit like online what's going on about this person. But it varies. I mean, I've also done interviews where I did very little because I couldn't find anything about the person and had to base like my research off of their bigger pockets profile. Like <laughs> that's all I had to go on and one blog post. But, you know, you you find what you can find in you use what what's available. Yeah, well, I I mean that seems really kind of crazy to to read a book within twenty four hours to to do an interview. Like, were you not getting anything else done that day? Or <laughs> yeah, I don't know how I did that one. That one was crazy because that was actually I do a lot of these um, interviews remotely, but before all of this you know, COVID-19, I I was trying to do more interviews in person when I could. And this one I probably did about a year ago. Yeah, it was was probably last year in the summer. And I actually went to his apartment in New York City. And I didn't start reading that book until the night before. I think I just stayed up kind of late. I was I remember sitting at the kitchen table with the book after the after my kids had gone to bed. Mm. Hey, Veronica. And I I just started reading. My plan was actually just to read like the first quarter or something, but I just kept flipping. And before I knew it, I was like, "Hey, look, I finished! I can't believe it." <laughs> are you, are, so, are you like naturally a speed reader, or is that like? No, I had never. I had me, never. Was, I mean, I'm a slow reader, so it takes me like forever to read a book, even short books. So people are like, "Oh, that's so short." I'm like. I, I have to read every single word. I can't not I, read every single I learned word. that I'm a speed reader out of necessity. I'd never done that before. I never learned any tools or tactics on how to speed read. So I don't know. Just just when when I have like the interview, and of course, I don't start like a week in advance. I start like 24 to 48 hours before because I know that I have the interview scheduled and that's Mm -hmm. when I start reading. But I don't know. Somehow I pretty much get it all. I mean, there are certain chapters where I flip through really quickly because I'm like, this seems like fluff. This seems like they just padded the book a little bit. Um, But, you know, you can sort of tell what is important and what is kind of not really necessary. 
Yeah, I I mean it's one of the reasons I don't read books. Uh, I talk to people and I get the story through through talking to people rather than reading <laughs> books because a lot of it is like I, I have to make it this many pages and we got to fill in these stories and some of the stories don't necessarily make a lot of sense and totally. And then actually having read the book, it poses a whole another problem or challenge because then going into the interview i'm like how much do i need to because i didn't read the book to prove to the interviewee that i read the book i'm like trying to formulate some kind of plan as to how am i going into this interview what do i want to cover what do i not want to cover and sometimes the more info you have the more challenging it is because then i really have some choices to make if I don't know, sometimes knowing what you don't know is better <laughs> because you just like ignorance is bliss. Sometimes when you know too much, I, I go in and I'm like really overthinking. I'm like, do, how much do I want to talk about the book? How much do I not want to talk about the book? And I'm also thinking about if they've appeared on other podcasts recently and it makes sense that they're promoting their book, right? And I'm like, well, they talked about this all like on five other shows already. So what do I really want to focus on? How much do I want to differentiate versus ultimately I'm trying to figure out for my audience, what do I think my audience wants to hear? So sometimes I am willing to repeat some of the things that I think are important, but you know, try to either come at it from a slightly different angle or make some changes or just go a total opposite direction, which I've done too. <laughs> well, it, and I think that also kind of dictates the, like the title of the show, right? Like what, what's where that direction is going to go because people are complex. They're more complex than just the, the, you know, a 30 second interview. This, this, you know, when we're talking about podcasting, we're not talking about, the, the four minute to six minute interview on Jimmy Fallon that like is a, you know, it's a funny story and we're promoting the thing and like, Oh, there was this thing that happened. And then maybe there's like an extra two minutes of like them doing a, a skit together or something. Like we're talking about an hour, you know, a lot of times a half hour, hour, sometimes an hour and a half, especially if it's a writer, like they can talk. Yep. Um, so it's, it's one of those things where you, you really have to, uh, Sometimes it, you like I, I think you're right. I think sometimes it's better to not know because sometimes you, you know because you you don't you you might want to pull it in a totally different direction. And they're like, well, I, I really just, I wanted to talk about my book. Like that's all that's all I came here for. Thankfully, you know, over the course of about a hundred forty some episodes, I've never had an interview that was like pulling teeth, and I keep looking at the clock like. How am I gonna get to the end of this 45 minutes or hour? Like once the conversation gets going, it's it's always the opposite. I'm looking at the clock because I know that my time is limited and I'm trying to figure out in my head and plot out what do I want to cover before the clock runs out. But yeah, sometimes knowing too much is tough. I, I have one example. I had watched this um, documentary shoot, what's it called? It's called Undefeated. It's like a, an award-winning documentary about coach Bill Courtney. He's a high school football coach in Memphis. And he volunteered to coach this high school football team that 
they had been losing for like close to a hundred years, something like that. They had a terrible record. And he came in, he was there about six or seven years, turned them around. I mean, they just missed making the playoff, but he's regarded as one of the best coaches because of his uh, record there. And so he was the subject of this documentary. He also wrote a business book because he's a business owner. So he wrote a book. So of course I watched the documentary, I read the book, and then I knew too much. I was super excited that he accepted my invitation, but I was very conflicted in, should I cover the football, which is an amazing story, right? It's, it's like a, it's a white guy, a white coach who went into the inner city to a mostly African-American school, had to win these kids respect in order to turn them around and the stuff that he was dealing with as a, you know, public school sports coach, it was insane. I mean, he's like babysitting them. The thing, like he, he has to, it's not just having football practice and getting them to learn plays. Like he has to go to their homes and convince them to come to school. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah. it was like the amount of dedication was insane. But um, after all of that, once I had him on my show, I ended up talking about his business more than his football, which I kind of regretted a little bit. But I also felt like Noah Kagan had done a really good job uh, interviewing him about the football and the movie. And I did want to do something kind of in a different direction in that case. Well, I mean, that, and that's part of the, the, the interview prep of, uh, going through and finding those other interviews and seeing what people have asked. And, you know, I, I, I mean, I, to me, I wouldn't be opposed to being like, Hey, look, we, you know, saying it in the episode, like, Hey, there was this really, uh, you know, in my interview prep, I found this really great interview. You should go check this out and reference somebody else's work. Cause here you're going to find something different. Right. And then it also gives you the opportunity to reach out to that person and be like, Hey, I referenced your interview in my show and maybe yep. they'll reference you in their, you know, on their site, on their, in their, uh, up, you know, future episode talking about the fact that like, Hey, there was this, this, uh, person interviewed this person I had interviewed before. And, and, you know, you hope that something like that can come, come about because you take the time to do the research. Um, yeah, I think I covered some really cool stuff because his story as an entrepreneur was in my opinion, equally engaging, maybe not as exciting because there's not a documentary made of it. But, you know, he was like a young guy. He was working in this family business, not his family's business, uh, for a flooring company in Memphis and ultimately ended up leaving because he wasn't part of the family. And, you know, they weren't willing to give him ownership. So it was a big risk for him because he, I don't remember how many kids he has. He has like five kids or something. It's a pretty big family. Oh, wow. And he was like, he reached the point where he asked his wife, like, should he strike out on his own? He thinks he can do it, but it's going to be a gamble. And she told him to go for it. Um, and he, he's, he has been able to build a really big, successful business. Um, but then he, he, he got to go into like the, China trade war and the tariffs and how that was really impacting his business in a negative way. And as a business owner, some of his unique um, views on 
how the policies were not really helping American companies. He was actually being hurt by it. So I thought we were covered some cool stuff. But then after, after the interview was done, I was like, oh my gosh, how can I really barely talk about any of the football because it's such a great story. But I could, in my intro, explain who the guy is, that he was in this documentary, and to please go walk, watch the documentary because I loved it. It speaks for itself, though, right? Yeah, like, exactly. I, I know, was like, like go you're watch. Not trying to cover the story that already was covered, like that. Yeah, I I would say that I I think you made the right choice. Go go in a different direction than what's already been laid out. Like it doesn't make. Thank sense. you. I mean, I was happy, but you know, there's still a part of me that I still look at that and I'm like, how could I not have talked more about the football? <laughs> well. I, I guess you, it, you could, uh, you know, have them on the show again and be like, "Hey, look, here, here's I know, right? That we didn't have, but that's also like when when the when the media does like an interview or or, or like a production company does an interview, like they might interview for you for two hours or three hours because they don't know what they're going to cut, what they're going to use in a different documentary, or what they're going to like. You just don't know what you're going to wind up using, and and that's why it's different when it's on a show, like because the idea is that we're like putting a title, so we're putting a you know a subject matter stamp to it just like we're supposed to be talking about uh podcast formatting right now which which in a roundabout way we are we we'll are get to we'll, we'll get to that yeah so it, it's it, it's just one of those things that's like it it's different because we can't just necessarily interview people for two three hours um it, you know people aren't necessarily going to give that amount of time to to our shows and we might not even want to be able to necessarily give that amount of time to our show, especially because the like ain't that the truth. It, well, think about it. Like if you know, if every guest you're having on is like Elon Musk level, then yeah, probably. But if they're not, then there's only so much time you can dedicate to you know to milk one one episode. Yeah, that guy um, was so interesting. I would have loved to have had two to three hours with him. I think mm-hmm. I, I could have filled that time up. No problem. I was a little star. I was a little starstruck talking to him because I had watched him in this movie. I read his book. I like the more I learned about the guy, the more impressed I was. And uh, yeah, so you know, I was a little bit, um, I was a little bit in awe when I was chatting with him. But of course, he was like a totally down to earth guy too. So that helped. Right, 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 right. Yeah, well, I mean, that, that definitely, that definitely does help. Um, so, so when you're when you're thinking about how you're going to format your show, like, if say I'm, let, let's let's pretend uh, I've never had a podcast before. I don't know what podcasting is, and uh, <laughs> don't laugh too, don't don't laugh, don't laugh too hard there. Yeah, I don't know uh, if my imagination is this good. <laughs> Joe Pardo doesn't know what a podcast is. Well, there was a time, you know, I to not know what a podcast was. I, I had to go back to 2004 when it was just getting started. And even then I knew what a podcast was because all my friends were listening to it. And I was like, ah, I ain't listening to that. And it wasn't until I found a Disney podcast uh, that I was like, oh, yeah, OK, I'm going to listen to that because that, these guys are these guys are great. Um, so. So. All right. So uh, Veronica says, Andy, what's your favorite interview from your show? That's, oh gosh! That's like picking a kid, I, I don't exactly. Know. I that that's question. what I was gonna say. I always have that question for musicians. Like, what's your favorite song? And it's kind of the same thing. I don't know which one is the favorite. <laughs> I I always like 
the last one. <laughs> I like the one that made the most money. <laughs> the one that got stuck in everybody's head and 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 you know carried me for 15 years. What's really interesting is you know, you as like a content creator, you're going to have like a gut feeling about certain episodes, right? I mean, that gut feeling I am always wrong with that. I freak <laughs> I frequently after I'm done, I never know how it went because my wife or somebody will ask me, how did it go? And I say, I have no idea. I think it was pretty good, but I don't know. Until I go listen to it back, I have no idea what happened because I was like so focused trying to listen and pay attention. But after <laughs> listening to it back, then it's like, ooh, that was really good. I really liked that interview. But my point is that like a musician with music, you kind of put it out into the world. Like you put out the episode or you put out a song and you don't know what the, the world is going to say. Like it's separate from like a songwriter, usually music, it, it's very personal, right? It, it's like, mm -hmm. it could be a story or an emotion. Um, it's a very personal thing, but then you put it out into the world and the market decides that's kind of weird. And I think podcasters, it's similar. You do an interview, you publish, and sometimes, like you said, Joe, which episode, uh, you know, really hit a chord with people, it's kind of surprising. Like, you, sometimes you have no idea. Sometimes you say, well, that, that's kind of just an average episode. And then people and then you actually get feedback. People, people give you like feedback. Out to, yeah, like I've had that happen. Like I'm like, you know, I I didn't think it was very a very strong episode. Like it was right. okay. Like it didn't feel like it was very inspirational. But but you know, doing the Dreamers podcast, like I learned, like people find inspiration in a lot of different ways and a lot of different things. So episodes that I thought weren't very you know great turned out to be strike big chords with people. Big big yeah, chords. Like with that's. That's kind of a cool thing. But I guess as a, as a content creator, you just have to let it go. It's like you put it out there and maybe it's like a kid who has hit 18 or 21 and it's like, go out into the world. You go figure it out now. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of that, uh, Veronica does have a favorite kid. Right. But, but Veronica, <laughs> would you put that out into the universe? Which kid that is? I'm 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 waiting. I'm waiting. <laughs> what, what's what's the favorite kid then? Right? I I I don't. It's not a good idea. It's not a good shout idea out to Alex Trebek. Yeah. Right. Yeah. How's he doing? Is he, and is Merv he Griffin. Be... I think Merv Griffin wrote that song. Right. I think. I don't know. You got to Google that. I'm pretty sure that Merv Griffin wrote the theme song to Jeopardy. Well, he's the isn't he the creator of it? I of think so. Yeah, and I think that he uh, came yeah, up Merv with Griffin. It. Yeah, I think uh, he Jeopardy he wrote that song. Yep. Yeah. Uh, it lo looks. Well, yeah. Veronica's opened the door for me to plug an episode. So how can I turn oh, that see, down? I got, I got my answer. <laughs> got it. I got my answer right there. <laughs> and what's up, Facebook user? You need to go to streamyard.com/slash/facebook so we can see who is saying hello to us in the right. chat. So I. Um, I would love to say I would love to say what's up, 
what's up with you, man? What's going on? What's going on, lady? What's going on, man? What's going on, person? What's going on, alien? <laughs> I don't know because you didn't go to streamyard.com slash Facebook. So go there. Hit hit the accept button. And then and we'll then see, see your you picture. Are. Yes, we'll see your picture and your name and, and it'll be great. Let's see. Oh, whoever is listening and minding my orders is my favorite child that day. It's a moving target. Give you some things for that. Yeah, there's the answer. <laughs> so one episode that I did recently, two weeks ago, Derek Sivers, who is a fascinating guy, and I really enjoyed chatting with him. And that was a very different episode because he, as a guest, wants to put a lot of time and thought into the show. He calls himself a slow thinker. So he doesn't want to just talk off the cuff. He wants to have some preparation talking about what themes, some of the questions, and then he'll go spend like two or three hours pondering how he's going to cover that subject matter in an interesting and profound way. And what's really cool is that in that conversation, the conversation still goes pretty naturally. It's not like he's just reciting wrote what he uh, prepared. It's still very thoughtful and sounds like a real conversation, but he had put a lot of thought into it and I really liked chatting with him. I thought it was a cool opportunity and the response matched my excitement <laughs> as the host. I got a lot of positive feedback, which was a uh, plus because oftentimes there's like a feedback vacuum we want to hear more and we don't we don't know what we don't know what listeners are thinking you know well and that's one thing so like throughout the years and let me give a shout out to eric patrick thomas who is mr inspire by the way who is uh is watching so what's up awesome. Eric? how you doing uh he's in flint or well i don't know if he's actually in flint at the moment but he's from flint uh he's in and i think he's living just outside of flint right now but anyway um I lost my train of thought. Crap. What was I saying? Um... Uh, what, uh, what was, oh, man. I, I, um... Well, I was saying that I was excited about the show, and I also got feedback. And oh, sometimes feedback. we're in a yeah, feedback so... vacuum. We're, yeah, so working with uh, with a bunch of different people who I know listen to the show regularly, I was able to get go to those people that I trust and, and get active feedback. And I, you know, they would they would kick me in the in the butt. When they, uh, I remember uh, my friend Pam, she's like, Joe, she's like, you've been making your show like twenty three minutes or something like that. I need it to be thirty minutes. <laughs> and I'm like, why? She's like, because that's how long my commute is at the moment, and I don't want to start another episode with seven minutes to go, but seven minutes to go means I'm not listening and I want to be listening. And I'm like, ah, but it was like, it's so much to edit. And then, then shortly after that, I stopped editing altogether, <laughs> altogether. Cause ain't Problem no time solved. For that. ain't no time with that. Um, but no, it's, it's good to have a, a, a network of people that you can rely on to like, Hey, we're going to, um, you know, I, I'm thinking about adding this segment or I'm thinking about doing an episode like this. What do you what do you think? Or creating that episode and then sending it over to them and saying, hey, 
what do you what do you think of this? Is this is this terrible? Is this good? Like what what am I what am I missing? Am I overthinking it? I don't really know. Uh, Veronica adds, Andy and Joe, what would you recommend to a person who wants to start an interview podcast? Finding guest workflow, best practices. This is a whole like rabbit hole there. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. Um, you want to go so, first? Right, let's, let's start. Well, let's start. We'll, we'll, we'll break, let's break it down a little bit. Right. So what would you recommend to a person who wants to start an interview podcast? So for, uh, to me, it, let's let's start with like, okay, why do I want to start an interview podcast, right? Who am I? Who am I trying to to, to help with it? Who am, like is it me? In my case, when I started Dreamers Podcast, it was to help this guy because this guy did not know what he really wanted to do with his life. Uh, so you know, starting with the who, what, where, why, when, uh, really helps you know get get some clear focus on you know, who you're going to be serving and, and who you, you want to be talking to and um, what you're going to be talking about, because you might be like, I want to interview sports players, but we're not going to talk about sports on this show. We're going to talk about finances because, you know, most big time sports, you know, major league sports players like blow through the first two years of their money uh, before they even realize it. Um, and we're going to talk about that. Like, that's the, you know, there you go. That's a whole show right there, Andy. Like, you should totally do that show. That's a little bit what happened with that coach, Bill Courtney. I was oh, supposed to go. talk about the See football the and I talked about his business. You're still taunting me with that. I'm still yes. like tortured by that. <laughs> well, I, you know, it, I, it's one of those things like, again, it, you go, you start with the who, what, where, why. I, I just did this the other day. Uh, I, I went back to the drawing board because like the Super Joe Pardo show, I'm like working on slowly reintroducing it in its its new you know, format and, um, and I had to go back to the basics of like who, what, where, when, why, and how, and, uh, and, and just start like, ask those questions. So what, 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 what do you think? Oh, Veronica's laughing. <laughs> what, what do you, what do you think there, uh, Andy, when you're, when you're just getting started, you want to start an interview podcast? Well, when I first started, I took a course by the showrunner podcast that's um, Jared Morris and Johnny Naster, who kind of off and on, <laughs> they, they've like had a solid podcast that they kind of pod fade for a little bit, then they come back and then they pod fade a little bit. And they've kind of been like on a season of the fade. Uh, but I took their course, I listened to their podcast. I found that very helpful all around. And that kind of gave me some of the tools at the beginning for crafting like the email template that I can email out to a potential guests to invite them on the show. That gave me the process of like email template, creating like a sort of landing page where they can book a time and it becomes sort of automated on my calendar. And then speaking for myself, like how I ended up going about it was those first 10 episodes some of them I had some connection with and like they were people I knew and could invite them on the show. Just like random people that I reached out to and they took a chance um, being on a show that had fewer than 10 episodes. But, you know, you, you know just what? get started. There's something to be said for, for uh, shows that are, are just getting started. Because of the fact that, and I, I never really thought about this. I, I used to think like, oh, why would you want to be on a show that's like 
you know, only has like five episodes or ten episodes. And and I think the reason, uh, not only is it if you're finding a, a really high niched podcast, is because the excitement is there in the beginning for the person, right? Like the 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 person who's running the podcast, like they're the ones like, okay, I'm telling everybody I'm doing a show. I'm like, you know, right? Like now it's like five years later, and yeah, I do a show. Like it's a thing. And but like, it's not that I'm not excited about it, but I'm not like beating everybody over the head with the fact like hey you, you, you give me your phone I'll, I'll subscribe to my podcast on your phone for you like let's go like you know and get and get tied in like that so um those things were in the early days uh, you know 2014 when a lot of people i still knew like didn't even know what a podcast was even though it had existed for a decade um so yeah so i i would say that there's there's a lot like that that uh you know, there's a lot of opportunity there in, in new shows and not just in, in also. And and the other thing to remember is, is like, if you look at TV shows, right? TV shows only last sometimes six episodes because they get, either get canceled or they only last one season. They're new shows. You know, they're on, you know, it, it, it's a, it's a thing. I, so it, I don't know. Um, now when it comes to finding guests, wh- why don't you, why don't you take this one first? Finding guests. Okay. Well, first, I don't remember who said it, but someone did uh, mention this as a podcast guesting strategy. Because if you can be guest one through five, you don't know if that show is going to take off. But whether it does or it doesn't, usually those first five episodes get like the lion's share of downloads just because it's been there the longest, which makes sense to me. Um, but for me, Getting guests, I got to go look to see who my first 10 guests were. But it was a combination, like I said. There were some people that I knew, and I could invite them on. And it was like... You got me looking at my first 10 guests. I knew I knew who the first episode was and the second episode. Uh, I don't know if I remember. Okay, so let's that. see. So my first guest was Jim Kimo West. He's Weird Al Yankovic's guitarist, who I wow. knew. I knew oh, him. That's awesome. Yes, and I'm, I'm a huge Weird Al fan. So I was very Ooh. excited. I wanted him on my show. I asked him to be guest number one. In addition to being guest number one, you also, you know, he, here's a pro tip. Ask a professional musician to be your first guest because you can also ask him to provide you with some theme music which is what I did. Um, let's and he see. Obliged, I, I he obliged. And it's, awesome. it's great. I think all the music on my show is usually from Jim. <laughs> so episode number two was a guy that I heard on a podcast and I emailed him. He said, yes, he was a great guest. Ep- uh, number three was a friend of a friend because as I was launching the podcast, I did what I was supposed to be doing it. When I was trying to pick a logo, I was going to like Facebook and asking my Facebook friends to vote on a logo. So some of them knew that this podcast is coming together and going to launch. And at the same time, I think I asked Facebook, my, my, just my friends, you know, do you have any um, suggestions for guests? And uh, my friend said, oh, I, I, I know this guy in New York City who owns ping pong social clubs. And one of the one of his business partners is Susan Sarandon. I said, "Sure, I'll talk to him. That sounds cool." Huh. Um, 
Yeah. Number four was a guy that I knew. Number five. Number five. Yeah. So it, it's a mix. It's I would say that kind of half of them I knew and some of them I got intros to because even guest number, where is that? Guest number eight was a friend of guest number two. And that's the guy that I just reached out to. The I didn't know him. Yeah. And he recommended, he's like, oh, you should talk to this guy. Those are always good. So you kind of just follow the, you follow the breadcrumbs. It's like <laughs> you have one guest and you ask them, do you have any friends or people that you think would be good for the show? I actually don't do that enough, but it's a really good one because you get a warm introduction rather than trying to email or reach out on social media, which is yeah. tough. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, if I like, I'll share my, you know, so first episodes, first, first many of episodes, uh, this was, he, uh, he interviewed me on his show because I had just released my, my DJ album, my first DJ album, which is a Disney mixed uh, mashup album. And he runs a, a Disney podcast. So I reached out to him because we hit it off really well. And he helped me get my, you know, the, the tech ready for my, to, to launch my, my show. Cause like I knew how to use WordPress and all that. Been blogging since 96 and, you know, but he was, he uh, helped me get like, okay, this is the plugin you need. This is, you know, this is how you work it, blah, blah, blah. 20 minutes on the call, like bam. And then he became my Mr. Voice. So like you, he was my Mr. Voice at the beginning and the end of almost er like most of the catalog of my show. Uh, this was a teacher of mine uh, from high school who became a full retired as a teacher to become a full-time actress. Uh, my friend, David Michael, who runs a super successful DJing blog. Uh, called Passionate DJ. Like I, uh, I forget. I, I, I was just reaching it back and forth, back and forth with them. And then I was like, "Oh, you got to come on the show, man." So he, my episode three was this guy who, at, even in 2014, was still was already like running up the charts uh, with his with his blog. Chris Webster, a uh, friend of mine from, uh, from growing up. Uh, Michelle Scrooge McLean, friend of mine. He, this guy was a friend of mine, and ultimately is not a friend of mine anymore. <laughs> Uh, I have a, I have quite a few of those actually. <laughs> uh, this person ran a K-pop uh, slash K, or K drama uh, site. Who is also a, again a friend of mine, uh, no longer a friend of mine. Friend of mine, no longer a friend of mine. But it was a recommendation. Uh, somebody I knew for a few years. This person is a good friend of mine, Amy Peterman. Uh, so we have any, when we get through like the first like seven episodes. Martin Altschitz went to school with him. Friend of mine. Uh, remember I met, I brought that up that Disney podcast, right? Uh, so this, uh, this is one of the, the hosts of that show. And this is another host of that show. Who's the boyfriend of, I guess I didn't realize I had, uh, Michelle, Michelle Scribner McLean on, on so early, but that's her, that's her, uh, boyfriend, Mike, who runs that Disney pod or ran that Disney podcast. And there's another Disney podcast. And this is one of my best friends. He's like a brother to me. So like, Friends and all of that. So, I mean, that's the first, what, 20, uh, almost 12 episodes or something like that. So, like, friend, somebody I got to know because of uh, people that liked my show. Uh, friend, friends that I'm no longer friends with. Friends <laughs> that I knew from back in the day. Another, uh, someone, I co a co-worker I worked with. A guy I got connected with because of the Disney podcast that I mentioned earlier. This is a friend uh, that I met. Uh, I forget how I met the, uh, she because she was oh she was connected with the other one of the other like they're all connected except for well he's not connected friends with him 
uh you know what i mean like so it's just it's connections and people like and it just grows and grows and grows uh this is a friend of mine uh this was connection because of another person that i'm not really friends with anymore this is a good friend of mine (laughs) this is uh my aunt actually who uh uh, who talked about my my late uncle who passed away? This is a friend of mine, Disney connection. This this guy owned the roller hockey rink that I played at. Like, and here's Beatrice Phoenix. Shout out to Beatrice, love her. Uh, good, you know. And here's Jeanette. She takes all the pictures for us at MapCon now Icon events. Uh, known her through Disney. Somebody I sat in back of at school for a long time who lost a ton of weight. <laughs> Uh, he, this guy, he he's really cool. Uh, Ryan Creedland, he was the VP of business operations for the ECHL, uh, and I'm he. I believe he's still there, so he's he's probably moved up the ranks at this point. Cause it's been six years removed from that. But I met him randomly at a business networking event uh, that he he got pulled into to like, hey, can you go do this thing? And he went, and then we hit it off and became friends. So like all these things just kind, and it's him with the cop, like. You know, it's a, actually a really cool picture of him uh, uh, with the with the Stanley Cup. But yeah, so like all these things are like recommendations, friends, and it and it, and, and and it went on like that for years, well, not years, but like I don't know, months and months and months and months. So start with who you know, and 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 then grow out from there. Uh, this was this was a big get. This was this was like the first person that I reached out to and was like, I really want, well, that's not true. Cause there was Jim Hill. Jim Hill's a pretty big dude in the uh, Disney space as well. There's a friend of mine from high school and an exchange student, another friend of mine, another friend of mine, another friend of mine. But it, it, other than Jim Hill, this was one of the big ones that uh, Patrick Rohn, have you ever heard of minimal Mac? Yeah. Yeah. So he, um, he was in that, that, uh, what was that thing called? That um, the minimalist documentary. Yeah, so he he only was in it at like the very end of it, but he he uh, he, he said yes. I was like going crazy all over the house, like oh my god, he said yes, I can't wait. And then he he wound up giving what he described as, and I don't know if I had the quote here, but I have it somewhere somewhere on my website. I have the quote where he he basically said it was the most intimate interview he had ever given, um, which you know touched my heart because you know at this point I've only been doing I've been doing it for a couple of months. Um, that's really cool yeah so like things like that just constantly like look for who uh you know who you know and who you can get and and go for now with that said funny story the first my when i was on that plane to disney world and i was like i'm gonna start this podcast and i got off the plane registered the domain name and the twitter handle and the facebook page before we got to the rental car all from my phone i was like my first guest has to be my boy bj gotta have him on he, he started his own gaming company like he, he's super in you know inspirational to me got i want him to be guest number one gotta be first on the show well it's been six years later now and he has yet to be on the darn show um so had i been waiting for my first guest to be him i would be still not launching a podcast talking to you andy because i'd be waiting for bj to, to to finally make the time to do it um love you bj like a brother but just it just saying and i've hung out with him in the last six years too quite a few times but just was never the right time to to do it so i think that's what it is right it's it's you start close to home you figure out who's in your circle as a starting point you're asking your network for friends of friends 
at the same time, you start doing some outreach and you can send out some cold emails. You go to people's websites and you send them a message because you never know who's going to say yes. I'm yep. to this day, I'm still surprised by who answers. Like you just don't know. It's a total crapshoot. And sometimes it's just timing. Like you hit the person at the right moment. And the sometimes pandemic. I sometimes I send an email out. It like I, you know, most of them you don't hear from you don't hear back from anyone. But then other times I send an email out and like two days later or a day later, uh, they've booked a uh, an appointment on my calendar. So I would say that start start with people at home, then start doing some outreach. Um, pretty early, I would just ask people who I was meeting, like going to a conference or event. They were just there yeah. because you have access. And suddenly you have this new platform that you didn't have before. Like previously, if you went up to someone after they gave a talk, at an event and you say, ask them, can we chat for an hour? They're going to say no. Or like, can you have coffee? Like, no, no. But if you have a podcast, they say, sure, I'll, I'll do a podcast interview with you. And then you line it up. Um, what are some of the other tricks? Reaching out to authors, right? You can go to Barnes and Noble or go to Amazon and look at new book releases because you know that people are on the book promotion tour and that's a quick way, like, again, you don't know who's going to say yes. Some of those people are in super high demand, but because they're trying to promote their book, you have an opportunity to get some bigger names on your show that you wouldn't have been able to talk to otherwise. Um, yeah. I mean, a lot of times, like, I've gotten a lot of replies in the, you know, over the years, replies from uh, authors, like, their peoples saying like, Hey, it's cool. You want to have on the show? He's kind of busy right now. He's writing this book and he's, you know, uh, reach back out in like six months or something. And, you know, it's one of those things like you got to keep on, you know, got to keep on keeping on, keeping on, uh, the, 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 um, uh, the follow-up game has got to be strong. Right. So like I, one of the, the tips that I say always suggest is if you're using Gmail, get boomerang. You pretty much have to have Boomerang because Boomerang, you can schedule those emails to come back up into your inbox so that you you never miss, you you just never miss out. So, um, I you know it's like I think it's I think it's, if you get the pro or whatever, it's like 150 bucks a year or something like that, um, and it's totally worth it. I mean, I would I use it for everything. I don't just use it for podcasting. But now, with that said, like I I've severely cut down on my interviews, um, and. And, he, and I think the reason why is because the why of my show changed. Um, you know, my, the why of my show is to, to, to show, to give value from me and, and not just my guests. So while I still have some guests on my show here and there, by and large, I've made it a, mostly a show of me giving like myself to, to the audience, um, which is a pretty big distinct you know, difference from like always having that next guest on the show. Um, and, and I, I don't know, like, I, I miss interviews, like, but I get to do interviews like this, right? Like I, I do it for the Indie Pie podcast. Cause like, I want to be able to have back and forth and banter and things like that. Um, but this is really about the value of like giving podcast information to, to the, to the community versus 
like I'm not just interviewing you about how you got started in podcasting. Like that's what the show was back when I got started. That's what the Indie Pod Podcast was, or back when it was like the, the Mid Atlantic Pod Podcast Conference Podcast uh, was. And and it just it just evolves, right? Like it just it, it changes. And I, you know, I I think uh, I think another thing that I've done uh, that's been that you know, as far as like with the interviews and stuff, you know, sometimes you got to be creative with your looking up of the people. Like, I mean, I've called a guy that was on, uh, uh, through the wormhole that show through the, through the wormhole. Like he was the, he was on episode one of the, through the wormhole and he was a plumber or something like that turned like physicist. And, uh, he proved, um, uh, Stephen Hawking wrong on his black hole theory and and I was digging up. I was like, I gotta have this guy on the Dreamers podcast. And this is like really early on. And I found out that he's you know he's teaching out like um, I don't know one of, one of the the West Coast California schools. So I found it and I found his phone number and I called and he actually answered the phone and he was really gracious about saying no, but he said, but he, you know he declined. Um, and I just was like, eh, I'm not gonna keep following up with it. Um, and that one last thing I'll before you, I'll I'll turn the floor back over to you, to Andy is. You you don't know who's going to actually make it you know move the needle with your show, you know a lot of times we want to think like the big name got to get the big name like that's gonna like pull in lots and lots of people, but it's really up to you to market that big name because that big name's not gonna share that they were on your podcast like that that's not that's just not generally gonna happen. But when you have people who aren't necessarily big names but they're big names to the people that uh that are passionate about them those people i my you know in my experience have gotten way more downloads than the big names that i've had on my show way way more downloads so you just sometimes you just don't know like you just don't know what weight is carried what you know level of enthusiasm the people that follow that person have Versus like a big name that's on every show anyway. Very true. Yeah, I, I interviewed, it was like a referral from a friend uh, to interview this guy who's local and has a limo business. Like he had this family business that started as a gas station and then sold tires. And then he turned it into like a limo company. And oh, wow. I got to talk to him about how he and his brother, it was like his dad started it. Then the two sons took over. Uh, they expanded it into uh, car rentals back in the day when people would go down to Atlantic city and rent a, lim a limo for the weekend. But they saw all these changes, right? Because then Uber and Lyft came and suddenly that part of their business died. But then they came up with like party buses, like vans for, uh, weddings and events and um, yeah that his episode did great because I think he he gets interviewed so infrequently that it was a big deal for him to be on a show so yeah. I think he shared it with like his whole company and his family and like that thing that thing did really well but since you you brought up your format change a little bit we got to wrap up with some talk of format, like in the final minutes here. Otherwise, yeah, right? we teased <laughs> it and didn't even get to it. <laughs> well, I, 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 you know, I, I think it goes back to there are no rules of podcasting. You have to, 
you have to be able to be willing to experiment and change and, and twist it and see what see what works. Um, you know, I've made many changes or I've had I used to have a pre-show to my show. Like where we it would be an hour of me and, and my boy Matt was just talking uh, about all kinds of, you know, things. Um, and then then the interview that I did for that week would come in after the fact. So we would do we were doing Facebook lives like right when Facebook live started, like I was using my phone propped up so that we could record into the mics our pre a pre-show talking about different topics like topical topics of you know that revolved around dreaming and business and and all that um and then we would take that and turn it into uh the pre-show and then the interview might be an hour so then my show went from being like 20 minutes to being over like two hours sometimes even three hours like with eric, eric patrick thomas his episode is like almost three hours because the the pre-show is an hour long but uh so, yeah, I mean, and, so, and I mean, I've done episodes where like I've, I did video first, shot everything in video, um, not like this, but like an edited, like, you know, using drone shots and like B-roll and all that stuff. And then turned that into a podcast episode. And, and I, as much as I would love to keep that pace up, it's, it just, That's you know, time it's, since it's not the only thing I'm doing, it's very difficult to keep that pace up. So as much as I would love to do it. Um, it's, it's hard to, it's hard to do that. Um, but you know, just don't be afraid to ask for feedback and, and, and play around and find, you know, we just add, we, we keep adding new segments to the, the business geeks podcast with me, Samantha Riley and Jennifer Crawford, where like now we're doing America versus Australia. So like we talk about a business topic for the first like 30 to 40 minutes and then the last 10 to 20 minutes we do like one cool thing like what's one cool thing that we we have that's you know came up or we found or whatever um we do america versus australia so like she throws out some australian terms and we're trying to guess what the heck that means in, <laughs> in american uh or we we have what's grinding our gears uh coolish or foolish uh whether you know something's a, something really cool or something is like yeah that seems really like uh like you could buy a cardboard cutout of you to to mail to your family so like for like 150 bucks you could like because you can't be at your mom's house you could get a <laughs> big cutboard cut out of yourself and mail it to your mom and then she'll have it so things like that is you know so we we talk you know we of course it always usually relates back to business but it's just a lot of fun to be able to play around with things and, and getting that feedback from our from our audience is is it's priceless. It's it's what we live for. It's part of the relationships that makes this all worth it. Yeah, I think as podcasters, it's important to embrace the format changes in experimentation because we can. Like we often forget that we we don't have those restrictions that you would have had on radio or TV where you have like a fixed time segment and you have to put commercials in there. So you're like, you're on the clock and you have to follow that like religiously for your show. We can do anything. I mean, we can make our show three hours or you can make your next episode five minutes and yes. you can do anything you want. And as far as changing format, we can totally change format. I think unfortunately, a lot of the time as podcasters, we don't change format until we're forced to. Like I hear a lot of people talking about they have an interview show. They didn't have an interview lined up. So that's why they did a solo episode. 
Um, but so many people then say it got such great feedback. They're going to do more of them. I was scared to do full. I have like, it was a long time before I did a, a, I did a behind the curtain episode. And then it was like another, probably almost a year or six, six months to a year before I did another behind the curtain episode where it was just me talking to, to, you know, the microphone. And, uh, I would say, I would say do it. Like if you, if, even if you're doing interview format, like see if you can squeeze in like a long format, just like put out the ideas because at the end of the day, the most important thing about all of this is putting in the reps, get just doing it right over and over and repetitive. Just keep doing it over and over and over again. Cause that's the only way you're going to get better at it. Like, I wasn't good at this. I had to do, you know, I did questions. I did a very pretty rigid question format for a while. And then it kind of turned into a little more open uh, conversation where I would kind of hit those questions and I wasn't so rigid about it. And, and now we're, now we're here and we're just talking and it, and, and we make it sound like seemly easy, but it, 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 I guess for a lot of people, it's not easy. And it wasn't easy for me because like I said, it took me probably I, I could look it up but like i probably almost a, a year or so before i did a, my first solo episode and i was scared to do it i think I, I still haven't really done a solo episode you should do it challenge yourself put out an extra episode you know start putting out some extra episodes where you just talk about a topic what's grinding your gears about business or money or uh, you know whatever um and just see get get some feedback you know having an extra episode here and there is not going to make a difference yeah, there's so many but things that we should do. It's going to make a difference to you. We should do that. I mean, I, I was listening to um, Sky Pillsbury's Inside Pod, Podcasting uh, podcast, and she interviewed Kara Swisher from Recode. Is it Recode Decode or just Recode? Anyways, hmm. um, it was a great interview. But then what she does is that she does bonus episodes associated with those interview shows. So oh, in okay. this one, she had her husband, Don, interviewing her about doing the interview. And like the, that day when she had to go to uh, Kara Swisher's office and she didn't listen to her husband and failed to change the batteries in her uh, in, in the car, like key, oh. key fob. Oh, oh, so oh. like her car broke down. She could oh, no. She had to take an Uber over there. So it was kind of cool just having that behind the scenes look and having her husband interviewing her just as a bonus interview. I thought that the two were really good and, uh, you know, worked well together. You know, and, and doing things like that also helps build the story of you and your podcast, right? And it's like, I, like I remember back in like 2000 and I guess six, 2005, 2006, uh, my favorite Disney podcast, WDW Today, back when it was the old crew, not the current crew, um, they did a, a Disney Widows episode where they had all their wives come on and talk about like what it's like to be you know married to a podcaster who's you know constantly doing all the research and being at the parks and doing all this like work for um, you know and then and then like years later to find out well they couldn't they can't do another episode of that because all of them almost all of them got divorced. <laughs> So, so yeah, so it's, it's like one of those things where it's like, um, it, it just helps build the story and the lore of what you're creating and, and being, you know, cause I'm all about like, let's, let's tell the story, right? Always be looking to tell that next story. 
uh, in one way or another. And, and there's also a way to tell that story over a, a very long period of time where you'll like people pick up on like, you know, that one time you mentioned your dog's name in that one episode, but you don't mention it ever. Like it never comes up, but that one time, you know, they, they'll pick up on things like that. Uh, I mean, again, to go back to my favorite show, like they literally had their own Wikipedia. So their own, not their own Wikipedia page, but their own wiki for the podcast with all the references. Like every time they make an inside joke, every time they had like dedicated people who they just updated that wiki constantly. Um, so, you know, people will become diehard fans. And if you plant those seeds over the years of like little bits of story, uh, you know, there's people that will, that will get it. And they'll, they'll be talking to the other fans of the show and be like, Hey, you know, did you, did you pick up on that dog's name? Do you believe what that dog's name was? That sounds crazy. (laughs) That's funny. Yeah. Beginning of March, I kind of went crazy because I was listening to, Gimlet Academy, there's like a, I think it's like a five episode series Mm. available only on Spotify, but it's Alex Bloomberg talking about how Gimlet makes their sort of narrative, more highly edited episodes. And I listened to that and I was like, that's really cool. And I reached a point where I didn't have guests. I didn't, I didn't have any interviews recorded in the can. So because I had listened to that Gimlet Academy, I got all curious about, like, I wonder if I create kind of a more narrative storytelling show. And it ended up being like a 22-minute episode with a lot of editing, right? (laughs) It it ended up taking more work than if I had just sat down with a microphone and did a solo show. Uh, But it was fun because I I had organized this concert in my town as a fundraiser so i thought it was cool as a, a different inspired money story but it was like my inspired money story about how i had volunteered my time and effort to organize promote the show as a fundraiser but i i took like the concert footage because i have my mixer which is sitting down here so i got good recording of the concert i took some of that I had like a portable recorder that I was walking around with. I had my kids walking around with that a little bit. I was like, just capture whatever sounds you get that I could put like with the thought that maybe I could turn that into a podcast episode. So that was like totally experimental and that was fun. So great story about that. So Brett Basham, uh, you know, of podit.net, you should go totally check them out. They've, They've been great sponsors and he's been a great friend for many, many years. The reason he is a friend is because someone... Uh, re, you know, posted about his show, Digital Dads at the time, because they did an episode all about the talk with his son. And so I listened to it. And I, I mean, at the time I wasn't a dad and I wasn't even thinking about kids, but I, I just fell in love with that. I thought it was incredible because um, it, brought, it brought up so many questions and it eventually inspired me and my wife to do uh, a show together called Birth, which we did like 32 episodes of leading up to having our first child. So we did interviews with our, you know, uh, with our parents and talked like anytime we were talking to them on the phone and we followed the journey of like having having Ava and all that. So it was it was fun. Like and it, and it gave me such a different perspective. And, and I mentioned it, I think, on the, on the sixth year anniversary of my show. Uh, just like last, it was last week. Um, 
that there was a show that I, I, I wrote a script for a um, narrative like audio drama. Uh, and we we actually recorded it, and it was me and like I don't know eight or nine of us. I I, I printed the script, and I put like the Blue Yeti on like all like Omni mode, and <laughs> and we all we sat in my theater room where it's nice and like quiet, and we read the script out like with no sound effects or anything like that. And um, I you know I just I didn't pursue it because it's just how much time and effort it was going to take them to create that all you know mostly on my own. Um, that I just was like, yeah, this is, this is cool, but I'm, I'm going to come back around to it at some point. Um, so, you know, it, it's not, don't be afraid to at least experiment because the worst that's going to happen is you're going to gain some knowledge out of it. Right. There was a point where I shot a hundred a uh, hundred YouTube videos in a hundred days. I did a hundred vlogs in a row and I learned how to edit super fast. And that would, to me was, was so like it's so powerful because now I'm able to edit videos so much faster, so much more efficiently and think about things in a different light. And this is going back to 2017 now. So while I'm not doing a daily video anymore, cause it's just, it'd be way too much, you know, it's way too hard uh, to do just to keep that pace. Um, I mean, I always want to, <laughs> I want to, like I was just talking about now, I'm like, ah, oh, man, I want to go. I'm going to put the, the super Joe Pardo, you know, get into your power mode and just and just do it um I, I, like i don't my goal isn't necessarily to be a youtuber like that so it'd be tough um but with that said there's there's other opportunities for me to create video just how to mesh it all together where i'm not having to edit like that's why i love doing live streaming right because we just we hit the live button and bam like, like we're talking too. it's creating it i download the audio i put the tags in it fill you know pull up the template and upload and upload the audio and uh it's it's in my feed so it's simple 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 so you can spend more time creating getting those reps in, getting those meeting those people you know doing those phone calls shooting the gun and driving the car at the same time like doing all the things uh to, to quote archer and you know so you need to, to whatever you can do to put in more reps that's that's the key goal there so before we wrap up here, Andy, because we are definitely over time at this point. Not that we're, I, you know, it's my show and we're going to go as long you as can we do can do anything go. you want with your format. Absolutely. And I tell that to so many shows I'm on. They're like, oh, well, it's like 25 minutes now. And I'm like, well, if we're not done talking, it's not if we're not being boring. Then, you know, there's no such thing as too long, just too boring. So. Uh, but I think because I'm looking at the counter up here now and I'm seeing that there's nobody watching at this point. So I, I don't know, maybe it got a little too boring for everybody or just it's nine 13. So people are watching other stuff. It's never a good Whatever sign when you outlasted is. everybody. Yeah. We outlasted everybody. That's good. Well, no, you know what? We're going to ding the bell for that. Cause that's, that is awesome. Uh, no, we have a viewer now. Hey, what's up viewer. How are you doing? Say something in the chat, but we're getting ready to wrap up. So Andy, what's, uh, what's some last thoughts you'd like to, to throw at us and then uh, plug how people can get get inspired money with you. Okay. Well, I think in summary, just experiment, right? Experiment with your format, experiment with your length, do video, don't do video because there's really only one way to find out and you'll learn a lot. Yeah. So be willing to try. And I mean, it, it gets you out of your comfort zone, right? I mean, what did I know about trying to edit? And I didn't quite script it out. It was more like, because it was my own story, it wasn't somebody else's story. I could kind of do it mentally. But yeah, I, I had fun doing it, but 
I don't have the capacity. To, I don't have the capacity to do that every week. Now I know why Gimlet has like a whole staff of people producing those shows. So experiment, and people can find me at inspiredmoney.fm or search Inspired Money in your podcast app on your smartphone. You know, I, I that you bring up a really good point there, that I, and I don't want to go down a big rabbit hole, but just whenever you watch a movie or you watch a documentary or you watch Saturday Night Live or whatever you're watching, it doesn't really matter. Watch the credits and appreciate how many people it takes to put something like that that you just watched and enjoyed together. Because in most cases, it's just us. It's it's Army of One, and we can't compare ourselves, you know, to, to Larry, you know, Larry Roberts, shout out to Larry Roberts, with, uh, you know, getting our comparanoia going on because, oh, well, they shot this documentary and blah, 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 blah. It's like, yeah, well, you know what? That documentary took like three years to put together, even if they only had like 15 people working on it. <laughs> like, you know, you're trying to crank out content every single week, sometimes daily, sometimes, you know, more than you know, five, four or five times a week. Like we're trying to be out, be everywhere at once. It's, it's tough. It's, it's absolutely tough. And I, and, and for me, it's tough. And I don't know about for you, but for me, it's tough because I'm running two businesses, the super Joe Pardo brand and the, the indie pod uh, brand. So it's tough to be everywhere all the time doing all the things uh, when you're trying to do multiple things. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes it's good enough. Whatever you're putting out, it's good enough. Yes, yes, absolutely. All right, so Andy, uh, thank you so much for taking the time to come on the show and and fill in for our boy Eric. Hopefully, I can get him on soon. Tomorrow, I will have Peter A. Turner. I know I've scheduled like three episodes <laughs> in the group with him, and we've canceled. We missed each one, but I promise. I'm. Oh, I'm, I'm I promise. Uh, that we will get on with this episode uh, 11 a.m. Eastern tomorrow morning uh, with with P.A. Turner. Looking forward to having him on the show. Uh, I got to give a quick shout out to faithcasters.net. If you're a Christian podcaster or a podcaster who has an audience in the Christian niche, there is a new podcasting platform that is the first, that's right, the first podcasting, podcast hosting and marketing platform designed by christian podcasters for christian podcasters it's called faithcasters.net go check them out you can go to indiepodcon.com slash faith to check out and learn more also this episode is brought to you by indiepoduniversity.com the independent podcast conference has opened up its vaults of mapcon and icon videos that's over a hundred hours of video uh related to podcasting podcast creation, social media marketing, audience growth, monetization ideas, inspirational talks for, to keep you from pod fading and so much more. And it's constantly growing. In fact, after this, what's been scrolling below, uh, May 30th, that virtual conference all about podcasting to video will be in that uh, IndiePodUniversity.com uh, about a week after it happens. Uh, you can go to IndiePodUniversity.com and register today for $9.99 a month or $99 a year. And if you want to sponsor this show for as little as $25 per episode, reach out to Joe at IndiePodCon.com and uh, it would be awesome to have you sponsor. All right, everybody. I hope you and your families are staying safe, uh, even though apparently it's kind of getting crazy. And hopefully in two weeks, we're not all like, oh, no, we're the numbers are going back up again. And, you know, 
hopefully everything so far, will be good. So far, the data is showing that the new cases are not going up drastically. So that's good news. That is good news. Hopefully it stays that way. Hopefully people continue to do their social distance, regardless of the video footage that we can just start, you know, continue to see of people just like, ah, I'm going to go to the swimming hole and go swimming with everybody. Cause nobody's got it. Nah, they would tell me they would, t it's illegal for them not to tell me they got to tell me. Right. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, stay safe. Uh, wear your mask, please. I, I know it's going to get hard as the summer gets, you know, gets hot and, uh, and, and it's going to be ridiculous to be wearing a mask, but people are dying, man. You know, things are, it's important. Um, yep. do your part. It's, it's like wearing a seatbelt, wear your yeah. seatbelt, wear your mask. Yeah. Don't, don't, nobody else has to be scraping you off the ground with, you know, after the fact. Um, all right, everybody have a great, well, have a great night and I'll see you all tomorrow. <laughs> Thanks, Super Joe. I for I didn't mean to end it. <laughs> that was funny. All right, I'm going to end it now. <laughs>